Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A number of years ago, I was driving home from a Wednesday night Bible study. It was probably about nine o'clock or so, and I was tired from a long day. I just wanted to get home and go to bed. I was almost home as I approached one of the last couple of intersections that stood between me and my pillow, and the light turned yellow. At that moment, you have a split second to decide what to do. I could hit the brakes and wait through a light that would seem to take forever. Or I could go just a teensy bit faster and try to make it through the light. So with visions of a soft pillow, a warm blanket, and blissful sleep, I chose the second option. And you know what happened. I probably wasn't even all the way through the intersection when I saw the blue lights come on. I had to pull over. My bed would have to wait. Well, long before that evening, the blue lights went on in the city of Galilee named Capernaum. Jesus was teaching in the synagogue one Sabbath, which, as we heard last week also, was a common practice of his. But this particular Sabbath was different as while Jesus was preaching, an unclean demon interrupted him and cried out, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. To this demon, the appearance of Jesus was like the light turning yellow. Before this, the light had been green. He possessed this man and was cruising right along, full speed ahead. But now things were different. Could it continue on, continue possessing this man? Or would it be forced to stop? Well, it didn't take long for the answer to come. The blue lights came on. Jesus pulled over the unclean demon And told it, be silent and come out of him. And just like me that night, the demon had to obey. His nice, cozy home in this man would be no more. But it wasn't just that. It was also the fever that had a hold on Simon's mother-in-law. It was also many and various diseases that afflicted the sick who were brought to him. It was the sin and guilt that oppressed all the others in the towns of that region where Jesus went and preached the good news to them. Wherever he went, the blue lights came on. And the demons, the fevers, the diseases and sicknesses, the sin and guilt, all of it, was forced to stop. 
Here was one who had authority over them. And they had to obey. And the people were astonished. Not at the appearance of an authority figure. We all have those. People who have authority to tell us what to do. The police, the government, judges, the principals and teachers at your school, your boss at work, your parents at home. People in Capernaum knew of that too. But this, this was something different. Different than what they were used to. For for that day, it wasn't them getting pulled over. It was the guy who blew past you on the beltway doing crazy speeds that got pulled over. It was the bully or cheater at school who got called down to the principal's office. It was the guy at work who always skates by and takes credit for everybody else's work that got the pink slip. This was a great day for them, for finally here was the relief they needed. Here was one on their side. Here was one with authority over what was possessing, oppressing, and afflicting them. And who was using that authority to help them, protect them, rescue them, and save them. It was authority with love. We're not used to thinking of those two things together, or even that they go together, authority and love. Maybe that's because in a sinful world so often they don't. Authority is used unfairly or for selfish reasons. It is used arbitrarily and not the same for all. It is exercised harshly. Or maybe to phrase it using Paul's words today. If I have authority and not love, I am just a pounding hammer. I gain nothing. But authority with love, that's something. That's something they were not used to. Yes, sometimes the blue lights went on for them and for us when the law is preached and we are forced to pull over and stop and repent. But even then it is in order to forgive. It is in love so that they wouldn't be punished, so that we won't be condemned. For that's what Jesus has come to do, to save And so the one with all authority, with authority the likes of which had never been seen before, uses that authority not over others, but over what is harassing us and what is hurting us. He uses that authority to serve. He lays down his life for those under his authority. And the people are astonished. And there, to use again the words of Paul, there, that right there, is the more excellent way. Because it is the way of God. The one who is love and loves perfectly uses his authority in love and perfectly. 
The one who is love and loves perfectly, who loves you perfectly, even when you are unlovable. For frankly, none of us is lovable. But as Paul said when he wrote to the Christians at Rome, God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still quite ugly, rebellious, out of order, and unlovable, Christ died for us. And already that day in Capernaum, Jesus is showing that love that will take him to the cross. And that's his love for you here today as well. His authority here for you. For whatever demons are oppressing you. Whatever skeletons are in your closets or monsters under your bed. He has come to turn on his blue lights and drive them out with his love. Whatever sins are weighing heavy on you, burdening you, and giving your conscience no rest. He has come to light them up and drive them out with his forgiveness. And whatever weakness and doubts are causing you worry and fear, these two he has come to overcome with the good news that the kingdom of God is here for you. That you be captive to these things no more. And so he has planted his cross firmly into your heart and life and he has marked you with it, not to oppress you, but to save you. That his death and resurrection become your death and resurrection to a new life. So that the enemy cannot have you. For you belong to him. To your Savior, who in love put his name on you when you were baptized and he isn't taking it back. That's his authority for you. Authority with love. Which changes things a bit, doesn't it? Jesus blue lighting the things that are trying to blue light us. Jesus' amazing, astonishing love. And that by laying down his life in death, he now has authority over life and death. An authority he will use on the last day when he speaks not to demons, diseases, or sicknesses, but when the blue lights go on for death and the grave. And even they are forced to pull over and give you up in the resurrection to live with him forever. We heard God give authority to Jeremiah today in the Old Testament reading to be his prophet, to speak for him. He told Jeremiah that I have put my words in your mouth. And with those words, Jeremiah will pluck up and break down kingdoms. He will destroy and overthrow. He will build and plant. Jeremiah. How could Jeremiah do that? Well, he couldn't. But the word of God can. The word of God that has authority. 
So Jeremiah would speak, and the blue lights would come on for kingdoms, nations, and kings. And God gives that authority today. As pastors, blue light sins, speaking in his stead and by his command that your sins are forgiven. How can pastors do that? They can't. But his word can. His word, his authority, his forgiveness. And husbands lay down their lives for their wives, blue lighting fear and need with the love and care of Jesus who laid down his life for his bride. And all Christians, no matter how young or new at this you are, for as God told Jeremiah, do not say, I am only a youth. All Christians, as our Lord's priesthood of the baptized, do this. You blue light sin with forgiveness, strife with peace, hatred with love, falsehood with truth, sadness with joy, loneliness with companionship, betrayal with faithfulness, harshness with gentleness, and more. Whatever the need, whatever the trouble, Christ has authorized you to turn on the blue lights. And drive it out with his love. And you do. I've seen you. It really is the more excellent way. Is it not? And then God said this to Jeremiah too. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you. Words similar to those at the end of Matthew's gospel. When Jesus tells his disciples, now apostles, his followers, now sent ones, I am with you always. For living a life of love can be quite frightening. Opening yourself up to others, laying down your life for them in a world eager to take advantage of such people. And so sometimes we don't. So we need to repent of this too. But the Lord is with you. He has given you his spirit. In fact, the Lord has touched your mouth too, as he did with Jeremiah. And he has put his word into your mouth. His word made flesh. The once crucified but now risen body and blood of Jesus. The same body and blood that blue-lighted demons, diseases, and sin in Capernaum to blue-light whatever is oppressing you, to bless you and keep you and serve you and to strengthen you to now do the same for others, to love. I was lucky The policeman who blue-lighted me that night let me off without a ticket. Sin, death, and the devil will not get off so easy. Jesus has come to forgive your sins and give you life, which means that sin, death, and the devil must be abolished. And when the Lord comes again, they will be. And you, you get to go home.
not to a soft pillow, a warm blanket, and blissful sleep, but to the glory of the Lord and the presence of the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. And then, as Paul said, faith and hope will no longer be needed. For we will see what we now believe in and hope for. But the greatest of these, love, will remain. For God is love. And we will abide with him in his love forever. So, arise, shine, for your light has come. That's our theme this epiphany season. Today, it's the blue light of epiphany for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.